Hello, welcome to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And the subject of our study today is Psalm 56. Psalm 56. Now, the heading of the New American Standard Bible says this, For the choir director, according to Jonathan Elam Rehokim, a midcombe of David, when the Philistines seized him in Gath. This is what the NIV has as the heading. For the director of music to the tune of a dove on the distant oaks. So it takes that phrase, which is untranslated in the New American Standard, and makes it a tune, a dove on the distant oaks, to which this psalm is sung. The heading goes on in the NIV. Of David a mictum, when the Philistines had seized him in Gath. Now this title, a mictum, is used in each of the Psalms from 56 to 60. Psalms 52 through 55 use the heading Maskel. This Psalm uses the title mictum, mictum, and it's used from 56 through 60. These psalms from 56 to 60 each have a historical circumstance in the life of David with the exception of Psalm 58. Psalm 56 ties this psalm with the time when David was seized by the Philistines at Gath. This is also a time referred to in Psalm 34 in the heading. But here in Psalm 56, it refers to 1 Samuel 21, verses 10 through 15, where David, in fleeing from Saul, is desperate, and he runs to Gath, the hometown of Goliath. The Bible teaches us here, combining this with what we see in 1 Samuel 21, that apparently David was apprehended. And they said, isn't this the David that they sang about in their songs? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. But David, when he hears it, is afraid of Achish and he acts like an insane man. He makes markings on the wall and the saliva runs down his beard and Achish sends him away. Do I not have enough madmen here already? Get him out of my presence. In 1 Samuel 21, in the context of Samuel, we only see David's David's conniving and plotting to free himself from the hands of Achish. But in Psalm 56, we will see a picture of his faith. It was ultimately God, David believed, who delivered him. Let's read the words of the text. In Psalm 56, beginning with verse 1, Be gracious to me, O God, for man has trampled upon me, fighting all day long. He oppresses me. My foes have trampled upon me all day long, for many, for they are many who fight proudly against me. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? 
All day long they distort my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited to take my life. Because of wickedness cast them forth. In anger put down the peoples, O God. You have taken account of my wanderings and put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Your vows are binding upon me, O God. I render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, Indeed, my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the land of the living. Be gracious to me, O God. These are actually only two words in Hebrew, and they are the same two words that began Psalm 51. Be gracious to me, O God. In Psalm 51, the reason David begged God to be gracious to him is because of his sins. In Psalm 56, the reason David begs God to be gracious to him is because of man's ruthlessness. Be gracious to me, O God, for man has trampled upon me. God the name Elohim is used in this psalm in verse 1, three times in verse 4. It's used in verse 7, or two times in verse 4, in verse 7, verse 9, verse 10, and verse 11. But be gracious to me, O God, for man has trampled upon me, fighting all day long. He oppresses me. Notice the phrase all day long was used in verse 1. It's used in verse 2. And it's used in verse 5. His enemies are relentless. They will not give up. They will not give up. And you notice in verse 2 that they are many. And you notice also that they are arrogant. At the end of that verse in the New American, many who fight proudly against me. Now, if you compare enough translations, there are some translations that will translate that word proudly as a reference to God being the most high God. But probably it is better translated to refer to the enemies of David who proudly attack him. But here David faces constant opposition from many foes, and he begs for God's mercy. And he states in verse 3, when I am afraid. Now the I in Hebrew has the personal pronoun and is emphatic. When I am afraid, what's he going to do? I will put my trust in God. In God, whose word I trust. When he faces fear, he makes a deliberate, defiant choice to put his trust in God. When I am afraid, 
I will put my trust in you. And he's going to trust in God's word, in God's promises, in God's message. He's going to put his trust in him. The opposite of faith is fear. Remember, Jesus said to Jairus, Do not be afraid, only believe in Mark 5 and verse 36. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I have put my trust. He says, What can man do to me? Now, this phrase in verse 4 is used as a refrain. In verses 10 and 11, we find a similar statement. The word translated man in verse 4 is a word actually that should be translated flesh. And it's often used to describe man's weakness in contrast to God's power. For example, in Isaiah 31, in verse 3, Now the Egyptians are men <clears throat> and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. Men have only the flesh to rely upon. In God, we have spirit to rely upon. We rely upon Him, His power, His spirit. In Jeremiah 17, in verse 5, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. It's a curse to put your trust in flesh. Hezekiah told the Israel and Judah in his day that the Assyrians have only an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God in Second Chronicles 32 and verses 7 and 8. It's interesting to me, as we look at Psalm 56, you see in verses 1 and 2 a description of the problem, but then in verses 3 and 4, the psalmist's defiant act of trust, putting his confidence in God. But the psalm doesn't end there. He goes back and discusses his problems and his difficulties, beginning with verse 5. And isn't that often true to life? We face difficulties, we face opposition, we face problems, and we determine that we will put our trust in God, only to find ourselves refighting the same mental and emotional battle an hour later. That's what the psalmist experiences. In verse 5, all day long they distort my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. And he feels as a wild animal being hunted. In verse 6, they attack, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited to take my life. Now, that particular word for waited, I found used at least 17 times in the Psalms. Usually in the Psalms, when this particular word is used, it is God who is the object of our waiting. They waited on the Lord. However, 
in this particular text, it is David's enemies anxiously awaiting his downfall. They are awaiting taking his life. David prays in verse 7, Because of wickedness, cast them down in anger. Put down the peoples, O God. And he has a hope in a compassionate and merciful God. In verse 8, You have taken account of my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Now, the emphatic personal pronoun for you is used in verse 8 as he mentions God's nature. God is compassionate. God is gracious. God has taken a record of his tears and kept them in his record, his book. The NIV and the Christian Holman Standard do a good job here of preserving a wordplay that is present in the Hebrew. In verse 8, the word translated taken account in the New American Standard is the verb form of the same word used at the end of the verse translated book. In a verb form, it's translated taken account. In the noun form, it's it's translated a book, but it's the same word, same word. So you've recorded in your record, you've taken account in your book. You have put all my tears in your bottle. And my enemies, in verse 9, will turn back in the day when I call. Just as Psalm 55, 16 said, As for me, I shall call upon God, and the Lord will save me. So he is confident that he will call upon God, and God will rescue In verse 10, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? And at the end of pouring out his problems and expressing his confidence in God, he vows that he will keep his vows to God. He's going to offer his thank offerings to God. Often in times of crisis, one made vows or promises that if God, you deliver me, I'll offer these offerings to you. And God had kept his promise. God had delivered David's soul from death, verse 13, his feet from stumbling so that he may walk in the land of the living. And so as a result of this, in in verse 12, the text says, Your vows are binding upon me. I will render thank offerings to you. This is a deep, Psalm, as it deals with man's anguish experienced from the hand of relentless foes, and the psalmist trust in God, and finally his confidence in God that God would deliver him. Notice in verse 13, you have delivered my soul from death. And that the word translated my soul is the same Hebrew word translated my life in the New American Standard in verse 6. His enemies waited to take away his life and God delivered his life or his soul. As we have talked about these Psalms, we have tried to see how Jesus fulfills 
these psalms. And Jesus experienced the same kind of relentless opposition that the author of Psalm 56 experienced. He experiences the same kind of relentless opposition that David experienced. Men trampled upon him all day long, oppressing him. In verse 5, distort, verse 5 and 6, distorting his words and watching to attack him. We see the same with Jesus. They distort his words. They come to him and ask, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Trying to get him to say it's not lawful. But when he says, render to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar, to God the things that belong to God, they distort his words and accuse him of saying what they wanted him to say and what he wouldn't say. You see this in Luke 20, verses 20 through 26, and Luke 23 and verse 2. Jesus experienced the same kind of bitter opposition David experienced in writing Psalm 56. And Jesus, as David, puts his trust in God. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God, I have put my trust what more powerful statement of trust is there in all the Bible than the statement Jesus makes? Yet not my will, but your will be done. Matthew 26, 39. Mark 14, verse 36. Jesus put his trust in God. And Jesus offered up loud crying and tears. Hebrews 5 and verse 7. Loud crying and tears Jesus offered up. Just as the psalmist did in verse 8. You've taken account of my wonderings and put my tears in your bottle. And just as God responded to David's tears by vindicating him by delivering his soul from death and his feet from stumbling, God vindicated Jesus by the resurrection. Jesus was not delivered from a near-death experience. They killed Jesus, and he was delivered from death via the resurrection. He gives a whole new meaning to Psalm 56, verse 13. You've delivered my soul from death. God has fulfilled these words to David in a greater way through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through that resurrection, he gives us hope. Jesus said, don't fear those who kill the body, but him who's able to destroy body and soul in hell. In Matthew 10, verse 28, don't fear those who can only kill the body. That's a pretty good bit that they can do in damage. But how can we not fear? We cannot fear because God has raised Jesus from the dead. And God is pictured as taking the tears of David and keeping them in a bottle. There's going to be a day when God is going to eliminate all tears, according to Revelation 7, 
15 through 17. In Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, there's going to be a day he's going to eliminate all tears. What a powerful God we serve. And what great wonders he's done through the resurrection of Jesus. May the Lord bless you.